Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Pure Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney. And I'm Leah Wetzel. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Recovery Talks. Today, Leah and I are going to be talking about balance in our recovery and why that's important, why we think it's important, and sharing some of our own experiences. Yes. So when we say balance, finding balance in recovery or having balance in recovery, the first thing that I sort of think about is, you know, my own experience and and how at different times in my recovery, I needed different things to, to stay balanced. Right. Right. And that in the, in the beginning, it, it, it looked very different and I've been in recovery, you know, almost 20, 28 years now, you know, the, the, in the beginning, it was treatment and counseling and doctor appointments and support groups and edu- medications and educating myself. And I, and I probably, you know, I was completely unaware of needing balance, but I did, when I reflect back, I mean, there were things that I did, hobbies and interests as, as I got healthier that I could go back and, and do. But over the years, as I got more foundation underneath me, that changed. So the needs changed, my needs changed. And, and so it's like uh, having to constantly make adjustments. Yes. Yeah. A lot of adjustments. Right. And, and now it's changed again. I'm not, I'm obviously I'm not in a treatment program and I'm doing more holistic type things for myself than I ever was in the beginning, most certainly, where it was more about the system. I was part of the system going to a mental health center, going to a outpatient treatment program. So it's, you know, groups and Uh, classes and doctor appointments and homework assignments and all that kind of stuff right right and so I think it's you know I I think it's been important for me to continuously sort of examine that and help keep myself balanced off and and the balance of like in the beginning I, I couldn't work so work wasn't part of it but the I think first thing is is the things like family and things like extracurricular things, you know, hobbies and interests that when we were, weren't well, we weren't doing because we weren't well, because we weren't, we weren't okay. So you kind of forget about those other things in your life. And then in recovery, it's like you get to rediscover them to help sort of balance it out because it can't just be, you can't go to a support meetings constantly and, and that doesn't make a recovery, in my opinion. Right. It doesn't. We evolve in our recoveries. My personal background, there's a lot of me in and out of the criminal justice system. There's a lot of me 
in and out of treatment centers, hospitalizations with, you know, co-occurring substance abuse and mental health, mm -hmm. you know, and I got institutionalized. Mm. I got institutionalized to the point where when I got out, it was like I had never lived out in the real world before. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I did really well in structured environments, but there really wasn't much re-entry. Mm -hmm. And if you're dealing with the PO mo most of the time, and nowadays it's even worse, um, they got 60 to 80 people on their caseload and, you know, they can't hold your hand to, to meetings or hold your hand to, you know, make sure that you're having all those pieces that it takes to, to live a mm -hmm. healthy recovery right. lifestyle. Right. right, right. Yeah, I, I don't think that systems, criminal justice system, mental health system, substance use system, I don't think they do a very good job. That wasn't my experience as when I was going through it. And it's not my experience today in the work I do. I don't think they do a very good job helping people find balance. I think it's like jump through these hoops, go to these meetings, go to these classes, you know, show up at these places, you know, do your UAs, you know, those kinds of things, take your medication. And, and we don't stop and ask people about their families. We don't stop and ask them about their friends. We don't ask them about social activities. You know, we live in Montana. So hiking, you know, it's summertime. So hiking, what are people doing? They're hiking, they're floating, they're riding bicycles, they're going for walks in the park, they're fishing, they're getting outside, they're going camping. We tend not to talk about those things. We tend not to encourage that. The system doesn't really encourage those kinds of things. Yet they're so vital components to, to a recovery. I mean, they're part of it. They're just as important as making your doctor appointment to talk about your medication, right? Or your weekly counseling meeting or, you know, they're just as important because those are the things that normie normies you know can we call <laughs> you know right normie that's what normies are doing right that's that's what they're doing if it's winter time they're they're skiing and snowmobiling and you know ice skating and you know ice fishing and you know and in the summer you're doing you know summer activities the biking and the floating and you know fishing and all that you can't just you can't just be you know be institutionalizing people is it, it's it, it's not good it's not healthy because like you said once the program stops or you complete the program, now what? I mean, what did you do? I mean, when you when you realized that, where you were like, oh my gosh, I'm out in the world. I mean, what did you do? I mean, what was that experience like? Well, I was in a family center for a year with my kids, kind of integrating into getting ready to have my own place. And I was in the drug court program for a year and a half. And so I was able to kind of slowly phase into these things. And I got real involved with, well, I was working at a local agency and I got really involved with the drop-in center here, the Sober Life. Mm -hmm. And they're constantly having family-oriented events. 
And right. Thomas was like, the solution in recovery are the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. And that really clicked yeah. with me. And yeah. so I started getting really involved, realizing that I needed to have my, so through education, I started learning the things that it took to take a, make a balance. And me, I go to the teachings of the medicine wheel, mm-hmm. you know, mentally, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I didn't say those correctly in the right areas, but, and um, so we, I think my first year, first summer, we were able to go and do things. We did a lot of camping. Um, the kids and I were able to really connect and ground ourselves through that. We started getting connected back into family ceremony. And with that, we're able to, you know, make like yesterday, I showed you one of my ribbon skirts. And mm-hmm. that's something that my daughter and I have that, you know, that's our special little thing together. Mm-hmm. When life gets chaotic, you know, teenagers, you know, everything's drastic. When things are, are getting like that, I try to pull her back down to, you know, because she struggles with co-occurring as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the, those times that we get to spend um, doing our crafts and, and doing those types of things, you know, the, those, are, those are unique, special times that we have together. Mm-hmm. And so I integrated my ongoing meetings with my sponsor. I integrated groups. I integrated, you know, counseling appointments, but that slowly faded out to where I was mostly doing like you, you're always checking. What have you done? Have you been outside today? Right. You know, and I keep that, I keep that fresh in my mind. And then especially after I went to Rapid City and we went kayaking and I felt like a new person. Right. And right. I want to continue to share that with my kids. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I mean, like the outside thing, that's, that's for me, that's a big piece. I got home late last night, you know, had a lot of work and, you know, I was tired, I was exhausted, but I came home, you know, and, and go in my greenhouse and, you know, water everything and look at the plants and the flowers and and at the same time, the sun was setting. And that's another thing is taking the time to actually watch the sunset. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm outside and I'm, I'm in nature and, you know, you're, you're observing time as the sun is setting and then all the, the beautiful colors and everything. That's a real, that's a real healing thing for me. So the stress of the day begins to fade away. And that, you know, I learned way back, you know, in in the early stages of my recovery was the outdoor piece for me to help me find balance. And it was my counselor who said, you know, go after we're done with our sessions on your way home, go to this, go to this forest preserve and go take a walk, go, you know, walk on this trail. And, you know, it's just a big loop in the city you know, we're not like we're out in the wilderness here now, you know, 
Um, but, you know, just that, and that opened me up because I realized, oh, there's this healing aspect. There's this healing energy in nature. And, you know, that was a big, and, and that I picked up in the early stages of my recovery. And it's still with me today, you know, uh, 20, right. 20 plus years later, it's still very effective. It's a much larger piece of my balance today, because I think through the, you know, when we were talking about this and prep, the balance changes. So that we're, we've been talking about the beginning, but as you move through recovery, it begins to change because for most of us, I mean, we have to go to work. So right. this is, this is another, and this is part of finding, having a purpose, finding your purpose in life. What's your purpose? What are you going to do every day? You can't just wake up and do nothing. That's not healthy for people. So for most of us, it's going to a job. It's going to work somewhere, whatever that may be. And that's where we end up finding purpose, doing something meaningful. But this opens up a whole new discussion, I think, about people in recovery. And when they get to this stage, the balance often gets out of kilter. Because as people in recovery, when, we're, when we weren't in recovery, the pre-recovery the pre part, our employment history is terrible. I mean. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, we, <laughs> we have gaps in our employment because of hospitalizations or incarcerations. We have times we didn't work or we quit, we quit six different jobs or we got fired or whatever. So we don't have this great history, but we also don't have the skills that match our age, you know? So now you're in recovery and you're going, okay, I'm gonna go out and back in the work, work world and you're whatever, you know, it doesn't matter whatever age, you're 30 years old and now you're applying for a job, but you don't have the skills everyone else has because they've been working for 12 years. Right. And you haven't, your, your employment is sort of scattered kind of all over the place. So I think this creates a whole new challenge and a new sense of balance because you have to bring new elements in to what you're doing and you have to be realistic about what your real skill set is at that time. Not that you can't learn new skills and you can't fix your employment history, but it's very different than when you first start out. You're you're in a system and the system is supporting you in a lot of cases. But once you break away from that and you move into this next stage, it's very different. And work often becomes this big challenge for people getting a job, finding a job that they can do and maintaining it and learning how to fit in and be part of a team and begin thinking about how do I find a career? How do I find something that's meaningful might not be the first one you pick, you know. So. <laughs> or it might be four or five later. It might be. It might be because you might have to gain the skills necessary. The job you want might not might not want you because you don't have the employment history. You don't have the skills because this isn't, it's not been part of your balance. Now you're in this next stage. So it begins to shift. I 
that was my experience. And, and as an employer, that's, that's sort of what I find when people come to Montana's Peer Network and want, want positions is that they're just, they're not, what I'm looking for and where they're at is not congruent. It doesn't mean they can't get to that point. It's just today, it's not quite there. And, and this is a big one. And people can sometimes then turn on that and use that as an excuse, but then it goes back to your recovery about how you are solid in your recovery. You know, you just keep moving forward. And yeah, I don't, the employment piece is big because for, like I said, I mean, I think most of us, we, we have to work. I mean, unless you're independently wealthy, you're at some point, <laughs> at some point you got to go to work. That's right. And now you have to find this balance between groups and work, family, home, your home life, social life, right? Your extracurricular things you're doing. Work tends to take up, begins to take up more and more of our time. Yes, and that, that's why I am highly appreciative and grateful for where I'm at today. In the beginning of my employment journey, well, first off, I found out I had a traumatic brain injury. I was diagnosed with that about a year into recovery and drug court was setting boundaries for me was 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 being my backbone mm-hmm. you know I was getting different offers probably because of my personality or you know and charming charming yeah. personality that Leah has and then they would get me in there and they're like oh my god no I'm just kidding but um you know, so, but I'm grateful that they did that. And so I was in programs like with job service where I would volunteer so many hours. And um, I think it started out with the TANF program mm-hmm. and, you know, COVID hit and nobody had to do hours. And I was begging, please, let me just do 20 sure. hours at this mental health center. And yeah, yeah, I had to learn real quick how to say no because I was became a yes person mm-hmm. and I had to learn real quick to to put that boundary up for my own sake for my mm-hmm. kids sake mm-hmm. for my own sanity for the dynamics of my family's sanity mm-hmm. and so you know when I went to peer support training it was the week after I graduated drug court mm-hmm. and I, let's see, six, seven, about eight months, I volunteered at a mental health center. Um, Then I started partnering and doing groups for the drop-in center, did a little bit of work for another agency. And I really struggled uh, with, you know, I'm on this journey of evolving and healing and Mm -hmm. educating myself but I really struggled with the balance piece because I'm coming I was coming up on almost four years of recovery when I seen the ad for Mm -hmm. for Montana's Peer Network with being a single parent needing to put my recovery first but that's not always how every day plays out right and going from being in this strict program to 
there you go. Here's life. And right. I'm so grateful that I did just, you know, cover myself up in recovery, you know, within rooms, within these places that I was working in. And that these places aren't always the healthiest places either, mm-hmm. you know? But when I got with MPN, I had a bit of, you know, I was with North Central Montana and the Submerged Indigenous Task Force. Um, I was able to do events and, you know, I had a bit of credibility underneath me. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't had my license yet. And being able to work from home, being a single mom and having a brain injury and having being in recovery and meeting all these different pieces to make me who I am. Mm -hmm. Like I shared before, I say to others, it it takes a tribe to keep me up. Mm -hmm. And really that was the traditional family dynamics is we all looked out for each other. During COVID, we were all so secluded Mm -hmm. that, you know, I had to, and also family not always being the healthiest, had to find my own family and I had to find Mm -hmm that balance that work for me mm-hmm. and so being able to work from home and being able to you know I didn't know was the pressure of having somebody over the top of me constantly mm-hmm. you know I remember working at a burger place and mm-hmm. just that stress I would screw up mm-hmm. you know sure and being able to you know you give me room to grow you give me and my family a chance to have a life. There was mm-hmm. a point where, um, you know, drug court said, you can't work. You're missing all these appointments. You're double booking appointments. Mm-hmm. Well, I learned about iPhones and integrated all that into my computer laptop. And so I started getting good at the scheduling, the color coding and, you know, I had getting, gotten pretty good at working with what I had by the time I got to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I still make a lot of mistakes, but I'm grateful that you give, you allow me that room to, to, to show my talents and, and you, you work with me, you work mm-hmm. with what I, what I have to offer. You meet me, you meet me halfway and I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that and not everybody has that chance and I realize that. Thanks for the kind, the kind words there. I mean, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, as far as the organization, I mean, my philosophy comes from my own experience and early in my own recovery and those struggles that I was talking about of you, you move from being a part of a system and then you're out in the real world and you have to work and, and, you don't have the skills, you don't have the, all the parts yet, you know, to, to be a professional, uh, you know, which is the expectation, you walk into a job anywhere, and there's this expectation, but if you're a person in recovery, you've missed those things. In most cases, people have missed those things in their development, just as a person. So, you know, I mean, I struggled with, you know, going to different jobs and trying to find out where I fit and, you know, and that, all of that throws your your balance off because changing jobs is a big <clears throat> is a big deal and uh, interviewing and you know be it new and all that stuff. So 
I think that that's where that comes from for me and the way I try to run the organization because this, this employment piece is just, it, it's a big piece. It's a really big piece of recovery and it's important you stay balanced because um, it can go the other way. And I see this with peer supporters. I see peer supporters who have, you know, two years or three years, whatever, four years in recovery, and they become peer supporters and then they stop doing the recovery stuff because they're working in the field of behavioral health and recovery. And, and that begins to replace their own recovery program. And then their balance is totally out of whack because you're putting all this effort into your work, but that's your work. That's right. not your recovery. That's not, you know, we all learn, we all know as peer supporters, we learn stuff about ourselves in the work we do, but that's not my recovery. Mm -mm. Right. And, and I think a lot of peer supporters fail because of that. I think they begin to neglect the meetings, the counseling, the hobbies, the family, those things, because they're so focused I'm a peer supporter and I'm available for everybody because I want to save everyone. You know, they, you know, right. They have the S, S underneath their shirt, you know, they're the S on their chest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're super, super, superman, superwoman, you know, right. Because they're going to save everybody because they, they wanted to be saved themselves, you know, and and uh, I think a lot of peer supporters fail because of that. I think they get lost in that piece of it and they stop doing those things and they throw themselves out of balance because you can go that way too. You can go too far away from the things that helped you be successful and, and lose that piece of yourself. Yeah. Definitely um, being able to set boundaries for yourself. It's easy to... I always say this in my talking circle is, you know, I need you guys to step up and share too, because it's too easy for me to sit up on my soapbox and say, this is this and that is that. And, right, 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 right. You know, and I don't even yeah. count that as, a, as my self-care or my recovery. And the more, the longer that I'm in recovery, the more I see how significant self-care is. Because, I mean, it's, it's too easy to be able to give others um, suggestions, support, solutions. Yeah. When we're not healthy ourselves. Yeah. And I had a big view of that right off the bat, the first agency I was at. Mm. And I seen like how competitive agencies mm. are and yeah. Yeah. cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. Cutthroat people yeah. are in the mental health and substance abuse world. I'm yeah. like, I had to protect my own well being and my own self because at that time I was so vulnerable and and so brand new. I was putting these people that I looked up to next to creator, next to that beautiful mountain out there. And and my sponsor would say, people, don't put people up, like, up there. They're going to let you down. People right. are human. Right, right, right. You know? And 
a lot of heartache and all, but picking myself back up and dusting myself back off and right, right. Just like in before recovery, you know, all those, all those ups and downs. If we can make it through that, you know, we can make it through every anything. But we need to put in that work to right. to love ourselves and know that we're worth it to be able to spend that time yeah. on ourselves and our yeah. kids and our families. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, balance, finding balance in your recovery is really important and a, a good tool um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, a good tool if somebody you know is listening to this and you're um, wanting a, a tool, a worksheet kind of thing, you could do a search online there's tons of life balance wheels mm. there's lots of examples and how to do that um you could do a search online you'll come up with you know a dozen of them pretty easily they look they all look a little different but they basically have the different components the different areas of your life and then you you kind of grade or score yourself they're all a little bit different like i said uh you start to score yourself so you can see what areas am i what areas am I not, am I not good in? You know, what areas do I need to work on? My balance, you know, I'm out of kilter. I'm all this and I'm, I'm missing these pieces. So that's a good tool. I've used that many times over the years. You could just do a search and they'll come right up. So, yeah. All right. Balance, finding balance in recovery. Lee and I work on this constantly in our, our own lives and we encourage you to do the same thing. It, it definitely has enhanced my life by doing that i think that's sort of my final thought about it yeah i'll never forget the first time i was in treatment and this will be a short final thought they had us hold these signs that were like mentally physically emotionally socially spiritually financially like the 10 guiding principles or hmm. the are the dimensions the eight dimensions of wellness yeah yep the eight dimensions of wellness yeah. And she's have, we're holding these and she would say things and whoever was holding that sign, if they felt like it had to do with that area, they would step forward. And mm -mm. we tried it all these different ways. And each time that balance was different, you know, sometimes physical was way out here and spiritual was next. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think about that as I grow in my recovery and as I grow within myself, my life, my, my everything is that is forever evolving. And like you said, where can I, where can I grow in these areas? What do I need to work on right. and write, write a list down and write a list of suggestions that, you know, things that you do like to do in that area or used to. Maybe you mm -hmm. don't know what you like to do anymore. Yeah. You know, but yeah. maybe you could write a little list and, you know, make, make some goals and start getting your feet wet. Exactly. Exactly. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.